Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan. We're going to start, Martin, today with dental disease in dogs and cats. Is it a big issue? Uh, yeah, it's one of those things that um, maybe we're not overly conscious of, or maybe um, over the years we've come to accustomed to maybe this uh, bad breath or the halitosis that we're getting from our, our pet's mouth and think that is actually a normal smell. So people won't actually even realise that there is an issue with, with their pet's teeth. Um, so a lot of the time we're seen as in maybe older animals, but we can't see any animals from two, three years of age onwards. And sometimes it's more associated with maybe small toy breeds where the upper and lower jaw aren't aligned correctly. And that can be just a normal trait of the breed. Or um, it could be some something with people genetically inherited that they might have issues. Um, and what we're really coming in and seeing is a lot of tartar and plaque building up on the teeth leading to this gingivitis and gum disease. And then that leads to tooth decay and... Um, People might see it in their pets um, and in the later stages where the animal's rubbing at the mouth, maybe discomfort, difficulty chewing hard food, or maybe reluctant to let you rub their mouth or go near their mouth. So yeah. um, if you're getting any smell from your dog teeth or any discomfort in the mouth, get it checked out by the vet. Um, the treatment a lot of the time is having to sedate the animal and uh, get any infected teeth removed. And then we'll scale, um, take the tartar and plaque off the teeth and then polish them, which helps prevent this bacteria building up on the teeth and, and form, you know, forming this kind of hard plaque right. uh, that you won't be able to get off with a normal brush. And is there, is there a form of dentistry done on dogs? Like, do you, do you re- That's the thing. A lot of people wouldn't actually maybe realise that you can get a dental done, done on your dog's teeth. And we'll often have owners coming in and say, I mightn't even do it on my own teeth, but I'd get it done for the dog because the thing about dogs, and especially cats, they won't often be able to tell you that they're in pain with their teeth, but you can take it if they've got infected teeth or they've got a tooth root abscess and you're seeing some swelling on the side of the face, um, that they are in pain with it. Um, and if you look at their gums and their gums are ready, very red or inflamed, that gingivitis, that is sore for them. Um, so... It's about just knowing that there, there is a condition there and knowing that it can be treated. Um, you, you know, people might see in the pet shops there is things such as toothbrushes and toothpaste for dogs. Uh, a lot of the time, maybe dogs won't tolerate them, especially if they're a bit older. Um, there is some supplements you can put on the food, things like plaque off, that yeah. can help try to dissolve some of the plaque. But really, when you get plaque and tartar building up on the teeth, especially tartar, you're not going to be able to get that off with a brush or with cleaning. And that, in that case, then, you need a dental done um, in your vets where they will be sedated and this will be taken off then. And is there any way you can identify that it is a dental issue that's causing concern for the dog? How do you know? Yeah, well, they, that's what I'm saying. Because a lot of the time, they in the early stages, they might not show obvious signs of rubbing at their mouth. But if you're getting a, a smell, so if your dog's up in your face or you're down feeding the food and you're getting this bad or, or, you know, breath from their mouth, the next time they're in for their vaccine or the next time you're in for something else, just ask the vet to have a check in the dog's mouth and they'll be able to tell you really quickly whether there is or isn't an issue there and then give you the options of, you know, doing the dental um, and getting the teeth sorted. Because a lot of this is about preventative. If you catch the conditions early, then it prevents um, the dog having to lose the teeth from that decay, travelling further down into the roots. Um, and at that stage, when the when the tooth is fully decayed or there's tooth root issues, then the, the tooth will have to come out. We're, we're going to look at travel requirements for pets going abroad now, which is very interesting because we're going to talk about travel insurance for people going abroad, but travel requirements for pets going abroad, what do you suggest, Martin? Yeah, look, just notice a lot of people are uh, coming in saying maybe they're 
um, going off on holidays this summer, just over the last couple of years, haven't been away. So making sure that um, if you're traveling with your pet anywhere in Europe, you need a pet passport. So if you haven't got that, you can uh, go to your local vet and, and they'll issue with a pet passport. Um, if you're traveling, you will need a rabies vaccine. So the rabies vaccine needs to, need to be given 21 days before you travel. And yeah. um, in order to get your passport and rabies vaccine on them, it has to be microchipped. So by law now, all, all dogs should be microchipped. So if you haven't, then you go in and get your pet microchipped. And all that can be done the same day, the microchip, get your passport and the rabies vaccine. Um, often though, where we see issues is people coming in two weeks before they want to travel and then they haven't left enough time for that rabies vaccine to be to be in their system. So it needs to be at least a month. Yeah. Um, if you're going outside of Europe, then you need to be careful because sometimes they need a blood test to check that the rabies vaccine has taken effect and that can take up to three months. So give yourself plenty of time. Go chat to the vet if you're thinking of bringing your pet abroad. And it's surprising how many people do take their pet with them, especially to England. A lot of people going across in the boat will, will travel with their pets now. Maureen has a question for you. Her dog has a wart in his head. Uh, could, he, uh, could she have the wart removed? She says, I know it's not contagious to humans. Also, any tips on stopping a dog barking at everything that moves? Yeah. Um, yeah, we see a lot of uh, middle and older age dogs with warts, depending if it's bothering them. If the owner wants it removed and the dog is, is, you know, no underlying health conditions and the anaesthetic is safe, then there's no issue removing that wart. Um, as you say, it's not contagious to people. A lot of the time in older dogs, where there's maybe an increased anaesthetic risk, we might leave them if they're not causing any issue, apart from maybe looking a little bit off. They're not causing the dog any discomfort. Um, then in relation to the other question regarding barking, the barking yeah. um you know, we do see um, there's a, uh, a thing called a DAP collar, so it's it's impregnated with hormones that uh, that release slowly over a month. So any dogs that come in with kind of anxiety, stress, or maybe nervous to loud noises, we would try something like um, these DAP collars or their Feliway plugins. So they, they kind of de- diffuse these hormones. That's a good starting point. Um, and then there are some behavioural trainers that can help with, with behavioural issues like that. Um, and if all of those fail, there is some medication we can start them on, but you, you're better off trying the other, the other um, um, you know, the, the hormones first and, and the training before you go on to actual veterinary medication that's going to act as a sedation. We're speaking you know? to Martin Breen of O'Shea, Bramley and Breen. You're in Distillery Road, Wexford, aren't you? Right beside Tesco in the Wexford District. That's where you are. Uh, common ear yeah, problems in dogs and cats to round off our chat this morning. What are they? Yeah, just the last few a bit. They're all common conditions, but sometimes we might forget, especially coming into the summer. Dogs are maybe going to start getting back in the water, swimming a little bit, so they're more prone to develop an ear infection. If you notice your dog rubbing at the ears, scratching at your at the ears a lot, or you're getting any obvious, really you know nasty, unusual smell from the ears, uh, you know, bring them to the vet and get it checked out. The same with cats as well. Um, you shouldn't see any tick black discharge um, and the animal shouldn't be overly rubbing at their ears. So if there is, get it checked. One of the most common things would be an ear infection. So there's bacteria after getting into the ear. So often they'll need to be prescribed some antibiotic drops and some cleaner. And then ear mites is always important to rule out as well. So to keep on top of that, there's good tablets now that last three months, which make it makes it easy to apply. Or then there's some monthly spot-ons that you can put on for ear mites as well. And then the very odd case you might see is something like a grass seed. Um, dogs in the summer may be rolling around. They can get a bit of grass or a seed that'll actually get lodged in their ear. And in that case, then, it, they might need to come in and get it flushed out. Um, and the vet will be able to look down with an autoscope down into the air and check that there's nothing there. Right. Uh, questions flying in, but time is catching up with us. So I'll give you two quick ones. Um, could you please ask uh, Martin why a cat has been continually licking and the hair is gone, but only seems to be happening to the two back legs? Any advice for Phil? 
That can be anything with hair loss. It can be a number of reasons. Um, Stress alopecia in cats can be common, especially if there's stray cats or wild cats outside. So you'll need to go to your vet and go through a a list of differentials of possibility of things that could be. You'll always rule out um, any kind of ectoparasite, anything on the skin. If it's just specific to the back legs, if it's an older cat, making sure there's nothing causing aggravation like arthritis. Um, So there's a few different things you have to rule out, um, you know, that that can cause that. Okay. Yeah. And finally, a dog with a coating over his eyes. Is there anything I can do with this? He's actually walking into things. If it's bumping into things, you want to be very careful. If you're seeing a glaze on the eyes, more than likely it's cataracts. Um, if there is cataracts, go to your vet. They'll give you options. There is surgical options there. People might be where we discussed it last day about correction. It is reasonably expensive, but it's, it's always nice to have the options if you did want to get surgery on it. And also to make sure there's nothing else going on. Yeah. Um, there's a few different eye conditions that can cause bumping into things um, like retinal detachment and stuff so yeah. it's important to get it checked Look I, I'll have to get this question and I know time has cut up on us but I, I know this listener is anxious just wondering my dog is 13 uh, toilet, toilet trained since he was a pup I left the house three times yesterday each time I got back there were several amounts of bloody diarrhoea I'm waiting on my vet but just curious can Martin help me please yeah, a bloody diarrhea is, is termed as colitis. Often it's something that they might have eaten or they've developed a gut infection. It is worthwhile if there's blood in it going to your, your vet and often they will need to get some treatment for that, maybe a course of antibiotics, especially yeah. being a bit older, 13, we'd always err on the side of caution. If it was a younger pup or a dog, you might say give them 24 hours to see does it settle. Um, but yeah, I definitely wait till your vet gets back and, and get him seen. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.